0: Hey, Lacey Nelson here with Nelson Management Strategies, and today I'm going to be sharing with you the most common illegal things I see when I review employee handbooks. Now, I want to say I'm not going to be giving you legal advice today. I am not a lawyer. I am offering you information about the law, but I am not giving you legal advice. So what I'm gonna be talking about today is the National Labor Relations Act of 1935, and what this national labor, National Labor Relations Act, or the NLRA, states is it protects the concerted activities for the purpose of collective bargaining and other material aid or protection for your employees. Now, what does that mean in modern English? What that means is that your employees have the right, and have a legally protected right, to get together and talk about things that matter to them such as their wages, their working conditions, the terms of their contracts, and you cannot infringe on that right. They have the, the legal protected right from Congress in 1935 to have those discussions. And oftentimes when there's violations to the law written into manuals, it's the NLRA that is it being violated and section 7 is the most common section that's violated so um, I'm going to just give you some concrete examples of where I see that so one of the the most common things that I see is when a handbook prohibits employees from discussing the terms of their contract or their, wages or their benefits with other employees. Sometimes that's also wrapped into a non-disclosure agreement. Um, you cannot have that in your handbook. It is not legal to tell them they can't talk about that. What you can prohibit them from talking about legally in a non-disclosure is they they can be limited to. T- they cannot talk about trade secrets, confidential data, financial data about the company, um, as long as you also have in place a solid whistleblower and anti-retaliation policy that clearly states if an employee uh, feels the law is being violated, that they are le- they are encouraged and protected, and have a legal right to report the violations to EEOs, to the EEOC or OSHA or other relevant governing bodies. Um, then you can have that language in there in the non-disclosure uh, disclosure around confidential data, financial data, disclosure, and um, uh, trade secrets. So another common thing I see violated is when a handbook prohibits the criticism of management or the company. That is often wrapped into a social media policy is where I see that linked in there. Um They are not allowed to post anything negative on their Facebook about their company. You cannot be blanketed in your statements. You have to be very specific. And again, you can't tell them they can't talk about their wages, their terms and conditions of employment, um, even on social media, uh, in a way that is negative towards the company. They have those rights. So you have to be very careful you're not infringing on that in your social media language, um, in your policy. The next Common thing I see are uh, policies that tell employees they're not allowed to speak to the media. You also cannot do that. What you can do is say that they absolutely cannot speak on behalf of the company to the media without permissions, um, or, or at all, depending on who they are, what the position is. You can tell them that they cannot speak on behalf of the company. You cannot tell them that they can't speak to media again you cannot have that blanketed statement it can be interpret interpreted that they are not um, authorized to speak about the terms and conditions of their employment now that often is is wrapped into language that sounds like you're not authorized to speak about company matters you always have to refer to a corporate office if you get contacted by the media you have to always refer to a, a law office should the media contact you for any reason You can't have those blanket statements. You have to be very specific about speaking on on behalf of the company and uh, is not allowed, but they are allowed to speak about themselves. So again, I really recommend if you have not had a professional review your employee manual that you do that. And it's worth the investment and the time to have, if you have a manual you feel good about, to have a lawyer, an employee law lawyer, take a look at that and they can save you so much headache. It's worth the time. It's worth the investment and the money. Um, another common one I see is a broad conflict of interest prohibition where people just say you can't have a conflict of interest. Well, that could easily be interpreted as you can't unionize. But clearly your people can unionize. That's legal. Um, what they can't do is you have... is is uh, specific things such as signing, giving or receiving any gifts of value to vendors, customers, competitors, or holding ownership or financial interest in um, an outside business that's going to hurt the interests of your business. You can have those kinds of things in there. You just, again, need to have specific language and not broad language around conflict of interest. So the NLRA is often misunderstood. A lot of people think that if they 're not doing business with a, with a federal contract or the federal government or they 're not contracted to do any work for them, then they don 't have to follow it or that 's not true actually anyone who there are a few there are a few exceptions if you 're listening to me you 're probably not one of them. I would say look yourself up and make sure um, if you think you might be that you are and uh, that your organization is. There's just a few exceptions to people that don't have to follow the, or employers that don't have to follow the NLRA. The large majority do. Um very large majority do so I would say do your homework figure out where you fall review your employee manual or hire somebody that knows what they're looking at to review it for you and suggest some changes to protect yourself to protect your employees and to really be the best employer that you can be for your community for your employees and protecting your future and protecting your investments by making sure that you do things the right way the first time the consequence for violating the NLRA um, the fines aren't that large, but where you actually can get into trouble is if, or into fi- more financial impact, I should say, is if an employee um, is wrongfully terminated because they have uh, acted within their protected rights, but were but were terminated for reasons um, such as that I've stated as the examples in here, like talking to the media or something like that, and they lost their job for that reason, they can, and it has been done in several cases, there's precedence, they can sue and collect back pay for, um, it's not unusual for two years of back pay for a lost job and the requirement to give the job back. Oftentimes, they're not going to want to take it, but they're going to want that back pay. So definitely... Protect your company, protect yourself, and uh, review your manual. And I also wanna say that um, if you just give the the court the, I don't have a manual, and I just didn't know about this, I didn't know it was a law, that's not gonna fly. They don't care. Most people, uh, you violated the law. Like when you get pulled over for speeding and you're going too fast, you still get a ticket, even if you didn't realize that the speed zone had changed. So same logic applies when it comes to following what you can and can't do in your workplace um so be smart do your homework connect with the people that you need to connect with to get a solid employee manual in place and be intentional manage like a leader and i'll talk to you soon